Hey, hey, what up? This is Observing Report. Welcome to the motherfucking podcast. I'm Deuce Means, and this is another Tuesday afternoon where I'm just giving you some live content. Well, it ain't that live, because this is actually going to be pre-recorded. See, I've been working on this story for the last, say, about a month. In regards to black fathers in the hood and how we get a bad name, get a bad rep for being black fathers in the hood. Like, anyway, you know, I gripe about it a lot or I say a lot of stuff about it on, on a lot of my old episodes. If you haven't checked them out, please check them out. They're oldies, they're goodies, they're classics. It's just so you'll get a good understanding of who you're talking to right now if you just started turning into the show, tuning into the show. First of all, uh, welcome all my new people. Uh, what's up to all my old people? I know I've been gone for a while. I have been taking a nice little time off to reformat the program, uh, get better at what I do, do some research, get some better stories, you know, open open this motherfucker up a little bit, you know, like a good engine on a on a foreign whip, you know, really get a run out of it and uh, give y'all some good shit. But uh, today... We wanted to do something different, something I've never done before, which is actually an interview with someone else. And I was going to put it on here so you guys can listen to it its entirety. Now, because I'm going to just keep it 100, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing right now with this editing between Anchor and my phone and all this shit, but I'm not no old grandpa-ass nigga. I do know how to use modern technology. I'm not afraid of it, nor am I like, oh my God, it's too hard, but... Because I promised to give you guys content on Tuesday and Thursdays, like the jump out boys, I don't want to disappoint. So, I thought I'd give you a little bit of me talking right now, live and direct. And then, I thought I'd go into the interview. Now, I listened to the interview, and the interview was with a homie by the name of King New. And a little bit of background about King New. King New is a very good friend of mine. He's one of the first people I met when I moved over here, where I live at right now on the east side. And uh, shout out to the 50s uh, town business. Um, and if you know anything about where we're at, and if you know anything about this guy, he has survived everything. Uh, every gang war, major war over here. He's raised children. He's had a business for 20 years in incense and oils and fragrances, um, among other shit. But, you know, we're black. You know, we, multi- we multitask the hustle, so it's nothing. But I had interviewed my boy, not only because he has a good voice. He's an MC, by the way. He's one of the original MCs from uh, from uh, Project Blow. Uh, one of the erupted ones that can actually rhyme. My boy got bars. And he's a he's a dope reggae artist. He goes to a lot of reggae shows. You might know him from uh, the Dub Club or uh, whatever goes on downtown. And uh, he's, he's my boy. He's been, through me through, he's been with me through thick and thin since I lived over here. He's a brother. He's a real bro. He's a real brother. Not a bro, but a brother. And uh, I look to him, toward him for guidance, advice. You know, checks me when I need to be checked. And, uh, you know, he's, he's he's a good man. Anyway, I wanted to interview him because later on I have another interview with his son that you guys are really going to want to hear. He's a positive young man who is uh, doing his thing. But I wanted, to, I, I wanted to get in the interview originally from the source, the guy who uh, helped create this young man. I want to introduce you too soon. So I wanted to kind of get a background on him. And I end up just talking a little bit about news life, which he always tells me about. But we went up, you know, going into detail and kind of straight away from 
what I want the questions I asked asked him. I wanted to ask him. So instead of me just throwing away and asking him again and having to roll up about three or four more blunts so this nigga open his mouth and talk, I said, fuck it. Let me just use what I got now just so I can give you people a little insight on today's black man. You guys kind of get this white, this watered down version from social media and television and, and, um, and, 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 and made up bullshit that you guys think a modern 21st century black man is. Um, that we're either just caught up in being male chauvinist pigs, that we're caught up in still trying to relive our youth through our through the young black men that we see, that we that we that all we do is smoke weed and 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 cheat on our women. I mean, debatable, but we'll talk about that in another episode. You know, it's a lot of fucked up mis- misconceptions about the modern black man. And I'm not talking about the millennials. And I'm not talking about the old grandpas. I'm talking about the ones that's from like, I say about like two, about 25, no, about 30 and up. Let's go 30 and up. The grown ass men. The ones that already have children and understand what they need to do and all that stuff. And a lot of them aren't doing it. But there's a lot of, a lot of, when I mean doing it, they aren't taking care of their responsibility. They aren't stepping up being black men. They aren't doing anything. They do fit the description. They fuck niggas. And I'm sorry. They're running around the planet. But my boy, and the other ones, and other men I know like him, they are more of the norm than than just the exception. So I really end up just talking about him and how he grew up and what shaped him into the man he was today. And it's not even a full interview, but I just wanted you to get a glimpse of it and just hear a you know hate to sound hate to use it, but a real nigga conversation, real nigga shit. And I don't mean real nigga like ignorant. But I really mean like Tupac's real nigga, never ignorant, getting goals accomplished niggas. Because whether you, and this is for you uppity black man, you woke black man, you, I know everything, you need to act like this quote unquote black, excellent black man. Your favorite black man that you love to be like and that you love to aspire to be like, they were niggas. Niggas. They weren't brothers, they weren't African Americans, they was niggas. And they eventually became the people they became. But they started off as niggas. And they were still niggas till this day or the day they died or whatever. That don't go away. That shit does not go away. And I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean the instincts, the understanding, the knowing that you not somebody's sucker. I was just reading Malcolm X's book, um, the, the autobiography of Malcolm X, and, and I was just tripping that when he was read... It wasn't the fact that he was just wild. He explained the best. A lot of us are just always stuck in survival mode. So the things that we do like flossing, smoking, things like that, it's not the fact that we just don't want to do nothing with our lives. It's the fact that, hell, we stuck in survival mode trying to get to the next day. Whether you have whether you're on EBT, whether you're hustling, whether you're got a job, whether you're doing all three, whether you're doing none of it, all of us here are just trying to get to the next day. So the vices or the things that you guys might not approve of just come with the territory. But that still don't mean we don't have our eyes on the prize. And it just kind of tripped me out that 
he understood their plight and understood that these guys weren't fucked up guys and that they still had a place in society and not just at the bottom of the barrel. So when I, when you hear this interview with me and New speaking and talking, I want you to understand and I want you to take a, take all your judgment out of you. I don't want you to judge him. I don't want you to try to figure out if he's telling the truth or not because he is telling the truth. But I mean, don't try to figure out his street cred and all that little bullshit. Just listen to him. Does he sound like a savage? Does he sound stupid? Does he sound unwoke? He doesn't live in those nice houses. He doesn't wear a bunch of kente cloth. He doesn't remind me about Wakanda every five seconds. He kind of hates that goddamn movie. He likes it, but when you hear the interview, you'll understand what I'm saying. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, look. I want you to listen to this. Peep it out. I really don't got too much to say. I won't be hitting you back after this. Uh, tune into the episodes every Tuesday and Thursdays. Please listen to my boy. Um, enjoy the program. Once again, this is the motherfucking podcast. The gods. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Keep it lighthearted, too. Because right. it's me, new Allah. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, the reason. I, I do want to get on that, though. What made... Because I don't want to go, look, we all grew up black in the hood, so we kind of know the trials and tribulations of all that shit. And for those who already know about gangbanging, they know the ups and downs. What I wanted to know was, what age did you first feel like you were different as far as your religion from your mom versus you? Uh, It was like at a very early age. Uh, I just knew and recognized I had something in me that was special and different, you know. So and I uh, and I and I started running my own program. Yeah, because you know it was, it was like a lot of options. You know, my moms grew up in this Christian-based household, hold or to like it. Plus, a nigga was out here in the, in, in the middle of the of the, uh, of the ghetto, late '80s, early '90s, and had so many options to thug it out. Or to crip it out or to blood it out, but like a nigga just chose different. You know, cause I, I didn't see the benefits in it back then. Cause you know, like I'm a hustler cause I always been about the benefits. Right. Now this is what I, the benefits cause, okay, I've been out here long enough to understand and watch Rick and everything. I understand that there are benefits to gangbanging. Let's get this straight. You get better pussy. Your pussy rate goes up. You automatically have a crew that, you know what I'm saying, that's going to have your back through thick and thin. In the 80s and 90s, when you was growing up, you had an automatic money source because those are plugs with the dope and all that stuff. So you automatically went from having struggling to pretty much at least running the town. I've been out here long enough to see that shit. The difference in the kid with no money versus the kid with money sliding through L.A. And it's a different kid. You know what, King? I learned very, very early the dope games don't work. And, 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 though, till I get seen by love at first, and until the hood get federally indicted or some shit, or, or, but when niggas start snitching, the niggas start dying, and then, though, the love start to fade away. Now, so, so then, and so then the benefits. Is basically, man, though, to the benefits of the streets, man. Like, I was taught by very wise men. 
that told me the benefits of the street is either the two yards, man. It's the penitentiary yard or the fucking graveyard. And who are these men that told you that? Oh, man. Though, they was, uh, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was many greats, though, to the start of the foundation. I spoke with some of the businessmen. You know, they'll try some old school rosters from deep in the ghetto. Now, hold on. For businessmen, uh, my audience might not, not my all I know, because you know, gang, that's another story, too. That how, how, uh, how I formulated. Yeah, and all that stuff. So, businessmen in this sense, you mean not only businessmen that ran the area, the juke joints, the pool halls, yeah, or whatever, yeah, I mean, but you also mean the gangster, yeah, get businessmen the, 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 from the, 51st, correct? From like South Park. And that's that was a South Park blessing, you know, because that's where I come up. And it was a group of fellas called the businessmen, some old schoolers, and uh, uh, and I uh, and I like the way they talk. I like the way they dress. They was always dropping jewels and science and telling you to take care of your business and your business to take care of you. And they had these little jingles and jangles. And you know, and me, like I've always wanted to sell shit. You know what I'm saying? Like now, like I have a beautiful incense and oil company for like the past 20 odd years so like i've always liked to sell shit and handle business so so just so, so, so i said shit, shit uh, i'm a businessman shit i'm out here handling my business man i'm doing what i have to do in order to survive and their businesses <coughs> range from everything from barbershops to illicit to, shit and, to, and, and, and uh man just it's and business doesn't have no job description you know what I'm saying? When black and bustle business is you having your business because everybody handles their business in their own separate way. But and plus with some of them, and and, and with some of them should have been a straight motivational speakers. You ask me. <laughs> now, all right. So you're learning from all these OGs. First of all, your dad wasn't around, no. right? No. Right. So shout out to your moms for even holding it down anyway. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Now the church men. Now there were men in their church. Why didn't you gravitate toward them? I mean, you know, it was some of them dudes I did like that tried to embrace me, but they were so wrapped up in the religion at the time. And when you mean wrapped up, uh, what do you I, mean? I mean, you know, I don't criticize anybody for their special belief system they have, but the vibe wasn't my vibe, you know. And I believe the Bible, you know, though to like I, you know, to like I've written. Scriptures and some of them used to come chop it up with me or try to get me out. But then I only saw these guys on Sunday morning in fucking church suits. Real, real nice with a book full of white folks in it. So you never saw them outside <laughs> the neighborhood talking yeah, to you? Yeah, so and I never really seen them on the block or, you know what I'm saying? Don't tell anybody came to your door every now and then or plus you seen them at the meetings or the congregations and shit like that. But shit, but outside of that, like when I leave and go to school every day and come back, uh, I see, you know, I see something different. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, and then you get around them, and they streaming this peace and love and this niceness. And then when you get outside in the morning, like on your way to junior high school, the niggas out here busting and thugging. You know what I'm saying? Those them dudes take nowhere around. So then, of course, you gotta adjust. So your 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 influence was the men in the in the neighborhood. Yeah. But at an early certain, age. Certain, certain one. But at certain one. But at an early age, you kinda already knew, all right, I'm not gonna be gangbanging, I'm not gonna be selling dope because that's not my get down. But I do like the way they move around. 
You did like the way they move around. You said you like the way they dress. You like the money they get. No, the businessman. That's what I'm saying. The businessman. And That's what I'm talking about. Not necessarily a game banger because they were just wearing jeans and t-shirts. And I'm talking about these other dudes was wearing shiny shoes, gold chains, button-up slacks, Stacy Adams. You know what I'm saying? Which had different, different swag. You know that the swag was different. It was more classy. It was more elegant. But they were still in the street like the game bangers. Not necessarily like the game bangers, though. And when we say in the street, I mean, they were still thugging. They were still... Well, was well still... I, I've never seen them really do that thugging. I've just seen them. They grew up in a certain time era that was way before me. So they struggled. I've never really seen they hustle from eye to eye. By the time I got a hold of them, but they was old men in the park. And this is like in the 90s? Like, like mid 90s. 90s. They, they, they 80s, early 90s. Okay, okay. So... All right, so these guys were not part of the functions, but they were the beginning before, before what you and your peers knew as gangbangers. They were the beginning. They were the foundation. They were the foundation. And that foundation consisted of different kind of, let's say, avenues. Like like you said, they were businessmen, so they held themselves yeah, different, so, and, and they, and they conducted business. Some of them owned because, you know, those are the vibe was different, and it was all about business. And like I say, I, I was always attracted to Were any of them street cats? I mean, well, every nigga in the city is a street cat to a certain extent. Well, you know what I mean, though. You know, yeah, yeah, of course. they move around and yeah, yeah, of course. Because the reason why I say that, it, it, and it moves <coughs> to you, New, and I don't want to lead on the interview because I want you to answer the questions. But the reason why I ask this is, it, it's it's the it's the nucleus of you because you move around like a street nigga, New, but you conduct extent. yourself like a businessman. Yeah, you always dress nice. You always keep a haircut because you know presentation is the key. But then you also know how to lingo with the local people in your area. You can get along with the crackhead like you get along with the nigga who owns the food for less. Yeah, but you know but, but you but but you know what it is at the end of the day though, King? It's mastering your environment. You know what I'm saying? Like me, right? So you mastered your environment. I'm like and I mastered my environment and I made it work for me. So all that led you and when as you mastered your environment and it led you out and you knew that you weren't gonna be dealing with your mom's people and which she's a hajava witness. Yeah. You knew you weren't gonna be dealing with them and you knew you didn't want to be a gangbanger. No, no, I, I mean I, I don't mind dealing No, I mean I as mean, far as I mean as far as aspects, you knew from the get go you weren't gonna be that. Yeah, yeah. I, and you I, knew, I knew there was something different about yeah, me. And you knew that you weren't gonna be a gangbanger. I, I knew that because there was something different about me. So the reason why I'm saying that is and just to lead on the conversation is that you end up rapping. And we won't talk about how you end up rapping and all that shit. That's another story. And what I'm trying to get to is fast forward, I want to say, let's just say a couple of years, and you like 17, 18, and the transition to new. And I think this is when you, like what you had, dreads and all that stuff, where you were, you were a different kind of cat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you I, had I gotten to... You were in Rastafari? And I got off into the into the beliefs of Haley Selassie and the Rastafarian movement, like black Christianity at its finest, you know, and uh, and uh, it was beautiful because it was full of peace and love and positive energy and, and, and uh, to like and Jesus and Solomon and Noah. So it was, it was intriguing because these was other great men that I found out at the time because this was a different vibe. You know, like, and so I, uh, and so, and 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 I, and I went and got the lesson so I can get the blessing. 
You know, because because that vibe was so beautiful. And, and, and you know me, I'm a great fan of King Solomon. How did that? How did all? How did Rastafari? How did if I'm saying how did Rastafari change you as a young nigga in the hood who knew that? Was that like the spark that you needed for it, for it, it to was, complete like the the changing for the, the complete the the evolution of you at that time because you weren't in the gang banging you weren't you weren't into what your mom was into and I know these stories and we ain't gonna go to all the stories of what you tell me about Newsom the Terrible and all that but this is after Newsom the Terrible too isn't it is yeah, yeah, after Newsom the Terrible I, 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 yeah yeah that was after and and we're after. And after I got it, it gave me a sense of peace. And then it opened my world up, <laughs> so to speak, because I went from dealing from just in the hood and the love that Rastafari injected in me gave me a sense to where I can be a functional member of society and, and deal with the people and deal with the love. So. And so that, and so that really enhanced what I already had. All right. So now, that, now that you've done this and you're rapping, you're at Project Blow and all this stuff. Um, tell me how you met Mrs. New. And Mrs. New, uh, well, that's a long story, but. Uh, we were two beautiful people, and we and but we made the link, and right then at that time and moment in life, it was something very beautiful, you know. Awesome. Um, now y'all had kids. She's already had. She already had a son uh, when y'all met, yeah. correct? And number one, I say that because you did something a lot of black men aren't given props for. It's like kind of looked at like a stain. But really, it's a beautiful thing if you do it right. And that's when another black man steps up and looks after, the, especially a black, another black man, another young black boy, and actually raises him. Because a lot, and that's a taboo in our hood, because in our neighborhood, because we think ain't no man gonna raise our baby. But no, when you're no, not it, around, when you're not around, it's like kind of no choice, nigga. So I, I mean, not necessarily that. It's just that the reality of it is. Don't no nigga want nobody in there humping on his baby mama for one. <laughs> and, and don't nigga and don't no nigga want, you know what I'm saying, though, to like that. Prestige, nigga. No, no, and it's like another nigga really don't want and really don't want to raise another nigga's baby. That's what I wanted to get to the question. Yeah. So what made you be like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go hard. And, uh, I mean, and you still. know what I'm saying? If you take the package deal, homies, if you take the package deal. Deal though, so if the package deal come with a diamond and a chain, and that's the price you gotta pay for it, man. Like you want the diamond and the chain, you know what I'm saying? So plus it was, it was a package deal, and with certain shit in life that I learned that you just gotta deal with that shit, man. Mm -hmm. If you like the man, like now, like now, if you handle your business for that, then but it becomes a part of your business plan. And now this is, and now this is, and and, and then really, how, how how can you not see a little black child notice time and don't embrace him and raise him? Word. Yeah, though, that's just the reality of it. Word. Word. And, and, um, and, and, and the reason why, and, and it leads me to my question, right? So, you're at what age now? Yeah, I'm 42. Now. No, no, I'm talking about, like, um, when you, uh, 
Oh. Met me, uh, met Misha, uh, little little dude, and all that stuff. Maybe about twenty years old. Twenty years old. Twenty years old. So you were still a real young man. You were still growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but the I would say the experiences in your life kind of grew you up faster. Would you say? No. Because to take a responsibility like that, I we was at, I was around that. I was I was two years younger than you, and then we was all swinging the bang, and I was out here. Uh, I, I, I just noticed something though, right? When I was hanging with the homies and hanging out in my community and, f and fuck with my people, because they still my people's forever. You know what I'm saying? Because because like the love just don't damage. But I, uh, I mean like, and I knew when I used to dress like the homies, that's how I used to get bumped up all the time. Had a couple running in out of juvenile hall. Every time I crash in you, plus they bumping you up. Right, but but then I changed my style. Go so to like, and then uh, and then it's like I might have rocked some. It would, and I switched the style. You know what I'm saying? Which almost made me invisible to the police, which was dope. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, because see, like they trained to look for a certain person a certain way, certain way you walk, certain way you talk, and after and after I switched that. And, and, and then and, and then I stopped getting the wrong attention. I mean, so as you're switching yourself up, you've met this woman. She has a child. You're starting to want to settle down more. As far as like with somebody, like did y'all was, was was the baby's plant? Were you were you that deep in love? Where was this? You no, know, was it like oh I, shit. I, I, I mean, no, I, I, I don't think niggas in the ghetto ever sit down and plan that we're going to have these amount of kids or kids, nah, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, you know, that's just some shit that we just didn't do, you know? Don't you like it, man? Like, but you meet somebody, you know what I'm saying? You guys get beautiful, man. You guys got a beautiful thing going at that point in time in life, and y'all do some shit. But we you know both. And then push y'all end up making a union, you know what I'm saying? But we both hood niggas, and we both understand that some of these women, you better not and pregnate because that's going to be the worst thing that ever happened not only the you your baby but possibly your ass too so what made you what i'm getting at is what made you be like well fuck it you know if we ever have to take that course she'd be the mother of my children what made you understand that because the reason why i'm saying that is based off your kids because of both of y'all no matter what y'all do little motherfuckers is going to be they're awesome and they're going to be even more awesome so no matter what, you guys raised some hell of a kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And off record, because this won't be in the interview. No matter how you feel about wifey or whatever crazy shit she did, you guys still did this shit together. You know what I'm saying? So you had enough insight to be like, let me have a baby with her if I'm gonna have some babies. <laughs> no, it, it's like if and uh, so like I say and push what like a lot of us don't do and what we should do you know because i got i come from a family where i want to make my mama proud my nigga you know what i'm saying though like and, you know, i mean like because i want to be like and like because i want to make my grandmama proud and uh, so i also understand that one day when you have kids that to that to that eventually your kids will be grown men and uh, to this, and like, cause these kids is the ones that hold your family name for like the generations to come, and all, and and to and to how can I look at my own flesh and blood, 
and I go in, you know what I'm saying? Like, like to the best of my ability and give it all the nigga got. And it's like, it's like, though, that's why I was, uh, I can't understand how you can look at your own flesh and blood and turn and walk away, though, you know, and, and not come back. Uh, that's a whole nother story. You know what I mean? Cause that's so, really deep. So, with, with Doogie having that situation, and you seeing that already was that more of a like a like a you made more of a point to make sure that however you and Mrs. New was gonna play out you was gonna be there period point blank yeah, is that one of the reasons I mean, like yeah uh, you like man uh, fuck uh, that uh, uh, I'm gonna go all the way in y'all go to it whatever I do usually because I'm a believer in consistency it's a little boy there he's two years old like he can put you in there with his mama you know, those little man, that little nigga looks at you every day, you're always around. It's like, how you gonna fry a chicken meal and don't get a nigga a piece of chicken? Or how, how you gonna go to the store and not buy the nigga a shirt? Or at least you know, get a know? nigga some advice and he's sitting <laughs> there trying to figure advice. out how to tie his shoe. How you figuring out trying to tie his shoe and you just looking at him like, you figure it out, my nigga, it's all good. Yeah, don't even worry about it. It's all good, don't you? It's like, shit, how can you sit there and shit? A black kid knowing his situation. Knowing yeah, he was, he's going about to go through. Yeah, yeah, or, or possibly, possibly go through, you know, and and not giving some and some game, and you and you there, you know, and 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 uh, yeah, because at the end of the day, it was just the right thing to do, my nigga. So now that you established that, y'all together, you start having babies. Who's the first one? Oh, uh, uh, decree was the first one. Decree. Yeah. Well, you first had the decree. Cause then now it's different when you're raising raising uh, raising somebody else. But when you first saw him come out his mama's womb, and he looked at you and you looked at him. What was the first thing that came out your head, in your brain? What was the first thing? It was a uh, no. It was like an epiphany, my nigga. Though it was like it, it was it, it, it was like a magical moment in time. Though too, it was like. And when I looked at him, saw him, and my DNA, it's like, it's like almost something that words can't even explain. To me, it felt like the, when I first saw Kaima, it felt like the universe opened all, like I saw it, like, like I saw, now that I have someone else on the planet, I will continue on, even when I leave, I will continue on. And you could see it happening. You know what I'm saying? Their future, well, whatever they do. You could I couldn't see everything she did, <laughs> but I could see that she'll have a future and it'll live on and I'll be in the universe. And it was just it was like you said, it's unexplanatory, but the feeling I felt was like, damn, this is what well, now I say the cipher's complete. Yeah, I'm I, I mean, like I say, like the feeling was unexplanatory, man, though too. I mean, on just I, I mean, cause mind you. At that time, uh, I, I was on what I thought of heavy signs. I was woke, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I was on the heavy ass signs. So man, like a nigga just, and I, uh, and, and and I really respected it because, in that time, and even now, like I feel like there's some emotions and things is just so vast that you can't even really put a label on the shit, you know. It's almost like it's against the law to even put a label on the shit. So when you so at that time of your life, with you being woke and the baby coming, it it jump started you to serious business. Time to get real serious now. 
One of the stories I want to go to right quick that I always like that you tell me that I use with my kids was the books and money story. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why I'm fast forwarding y'all is because, you know, my man got to go. But we got some other shit to do. I'll probably have a part two with you, new, but um, the story I like the best is how you explain to me how to motivate your children. And I watch all these Instagram uh, timelines and all this shit of these big books and all these African facts and all that shit. The way you did it was simple, effective, and it got across. So please explain it to me. Uh, I used to have two stacks. I would get a big pile of books. I'm talking about encyclopedias, dictionaries, and I'll pile them up on the table to where the shit looks crazy. And then I put a hundred dollar bill on top. And then and then I used to take some little Sesame Street and some Big Bird eye can books and I put fifty cent on top and a couple little pieces of candy and a juice. Right? And those are and those I used to ask them which into which stack you want. And you know, the smaller ones. And and not even all the smaller ones, you know. And with some of them would say, Oh, I want the candy and the little books and the fifty cents. And with so and with like a lot of them would see that hundred dollar bill sitting on top of that stack of books. And I said, I want that. I can get a whole bunch of candy with that. Explain to them what you were trying to get to get them to understand. Because I know. Yeah. And yeah. I understood. <laughs> and to see your kids now, I see why. So go ahead and explain why. Yeah, it, was, it was a pathway because when because see when you are the baby's first teacher, man. You're like you're a kid's first teacher. You, and you got to make sure before you send them out there in the world, their brains is working right so they don't have any fear, they're not afraid, or they're not subject to when they be around different people, they they freeze up, or you got to make sure the brain is working. So I used to do like a series of tests on my kids at early age just to make sure their brains was working and, and, the, and with, that they was able to decide the right decision, you know, so, so it's like a certain things uh, I, will, I will do just to make sure they're thinking because because you know at five years old and we've got to send them up out the house all day long you know and they represent you anything can happen along the way so shit I have to make sure the brain is working the best the, the one thing I love about that story and I got out of it and I used to my kids is that you were expressing to them that if you want this easy shit then yeah, yeah, go ahead and do the most minimum thing possible. <laughs> and you still gonna drink juice and get candy and you want a little money. That's all you gonna get. <laughs> a little bit. Now, if you take this hard road, yeah, big ass, ass books, books, and they thick, and they heavy, and it's mm -hmm. hard, but at the end of that motherfucker, this is what you'll be getting. Yeah, that, that fact. All the time. <laughs> all the time. And you control your own destiny. Yeah, pretty much. So, I use that to explain that to my children and my little ones and my youngins how shit go. And you watched it and you know yeah, the yeah. shit is working. And and I'm gonna leave it at that note. But I wanted to uh, let me stop.